back in the Superflex City Commissioner's Office. It's me, it's me, it's the old SFD. <laughs> I'm stealing that one from Super Show, at least for the moment. Like I said last time <laughs> on the Commissioner's Office, I don't, I don't have a sign in. I don't have a sign out. All I know is I've got the Snake Man Jacob Vines here, and uh, this this Commissioner's Office podcast that we've created here for Superflex City has become already become three episodes in now this will be episode three by the way it's already become one of our more useful ones now we're in the non-point scoring season uh the 2020 season's over and it's time to start building leagues it's start it's time to start joining new leagues and uh we've you know we've we've started talking about how to do that how to build those leagues uh, how to create those leagues and how to commission those leagues and we've also been kind of getting a little bit into some higher level thinking on some of this stuff. And uh, I, now's the time, you know, now's the time to start making changes. So, so snakes, I, you know, I, I know that you're, that you commission several different leagues. I'm, I'm curious, you know, first of all, just, you know, what are, what are some of your favorite settings um, for leagues that either you're in or that you commission um, in, you know, the, the favorite settings as far as, you know, enjoyment, as far as difficulty um, and just kind of the, the, the ones that, you know, you kind of look at as like a case study as a commissioner. Yeah. Um, I'm currently, so I'm the commission of, well, co-commission with my brother on a, a home keeper league that we've been doing for a while. And, uh, it took me years to get rid of the kicker, and that's been amazing. Then I commissioned a couple of dynasty leagues, and then my current baby that I'm commissioning is a 32-team, one-copy league. Whoa. It's a ton of work, but it's a lot of fun. A lot of fun people from Twitter are on there as well, and we're working on doing a second-chance dispersal right now, and it's looking like eight of the 32 teams are going to be involved in it, so that's going to be a whole nother escapade right there. But with like the fun settings that I found – I think having, um, you know, something like second chance dispersal is one thing that I think can be a fun way to make the league not stale for a lot of people, especially if they had a really rough draft right off the bat. Mm -hmm. Uh, And and obviously like set a penalty in the sense that, okay, if you did it this year, you have to wait at least two to three years. I'd probably say three years. So you don't have these teams, you know, go in every year and they just do it because they can. And that makes it to where you're not. It's just like, hey, if two teams want to do a dispersal draft, go for it. Why not? Yeah. Uh, I also like, you know, different scorings. Like I like having QB scoring a little bit elevated and it being like five point per touchdown, negative three for interception. Mm-hmm. I find that to be a little bit more enjoyable than the regular four, negative one. Uh, I think six, negative three is also fine in that same, you know, thought process. I also like having a little bit of tight end premium or even a lot, you know, if it's a half PPR league, having one uh, X, so one PPR for tight ends makes it to where tight end position is a little bit more valuable um another fun thing that i've done in my leagues or one of my leagues it's my newest like it's my dynasty home league is what i'm calling it i have a bunch of different home leagues but friends and family got together they let me make the rules and such and obviously we voted on some things but we have a five-year champion in that we give points related to if you finish first through sixth and then if you win the constellation bracket and the winner who has gets the most points after those five years gets a certain percentage of the pot which it ends up being it's like 360 is the total pot and then 50 of that goes to this other pot 
And then it, we sort of made it into like an Empire League type, which every, most of these people are first time in a dynasty. So I thought that'd make it to where if there's that one team, which, you know, it's going to be my team that blows up and is a superpower that, you know, we can just redraft after five years and, and then go back at it. Or we keep the same teams when we keep going again. So uh, I think that's an interesting way to do it, especially if you have a bunch of people that are first starting into dynasty. Man, there's a lot of good stuff there that we could talk about. Like, for one thing, uh, that 32 team league with the the second chance, like, and it, it just made me just kind of imagine the NFL doing a second chance dispersal. I think that would be so awesome. Hey, like, Madden, Madden <laughs> fantasy drafts right there. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It'd be kind of cool though, like to you know, you throw in the Jets and the Jaguars and and uh, you know, but you you know, you still have you know because those two teams don't have they don't have a ton to offer. Um, but then you you know you throw in like the Atlanta Falcons and all of a sudden Calvin Ridley's available <laughs> and you know there's a, a few of the other I mean maybe Carolina gets involved in that. Yeah, this thing's um, also IDP, so it's it's all over the place. It's I think it's fourteen starters and fourteen bench spots, whoa. and uh, it's it's a uh, it's start one running back, two wide receivers, one tight end, two flexes, one super flex. Then I think it's four IDP flexes, and then a D line linebacker DB. So it's it's pretty deep and such. I was I thought I was the favorite to win it all. It ended up not being me. I got third place, but. Uh, it was still fun, a fun time. Nice, man. A 32 team super flex. I can't even. Well, it's just, so it's just, it's not a, so it's just a super flex spot for quarterbacks. So there's not like a quarterback and a super flex. So it makes it to where if teams, you know, yeah. So it's, I didn't explain that well. Yeah. And it makes it to where like, if teams have someone like a Jimmy Garoppolo or, you know, someone like, uh, the beginning of the season or even Joe Burrow middle of the season, you know, you're not penalized for not having that quarterback. Okay. But the yeah. quarterback scoring is like OP. It's like six points per touchdown and negative one interception. I was not part of the making the scoring committee, but honestly, the crazy scoring makes me like it even more. Like IDP scores more than offensive players. It's oh, nice. nuts. It's absolutely crazy. That I, I think that's one of the biggest challenges that that a lot of commissioners face is like how do you how do you get the scoring right for IDP? But I mean, that's a honestly, that's like its own episode altogether. <laughs> talking like about a whole series, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and it's one that I mean, I would really like to get somebody like Tom Kislingberry or Sigmund Bloom on here to, <laughs> to talk about I, sure. setting up an IDP league. Um, you know, so those those guys uh, have it pretty dialed in, I think. But um, but yeah, I mean, it sounds like you've kind of achieved what you know, kind of the kind of the goal for an IDP league. Um, so it, yeah, that one sounds fun. It sounds challenging as hell, but uh, it's, it's my most fun league and there's some like Twitter personalities in it and this and that, and it makes it to where uh, it's honestly all over the place. And we got a guy that traded for like eight 2021 first round picks during the startup. And so now he has like the 1.01, the 1.04, 1.08. Like he's going to be looking good next year after everything's said and done. It's going to be interesting. Nice. So I, you know, just based on, on, you know, kind of the, the point in the season that we're at, like there were several things that you brought up that I think are, uh, you know, particularly relevant. 
um, you know, the fact that like kind of right now where it, it's a little bit of a transition period for, for most leagues, you know, and I, you know, I don't, I don't want us to, to, to be a slave to that too much. I don't want us to be a slave to the calendar necessarily because, you know, these commissioner podcasts um, and, you know, the, the, the absolute best, uh, I mean, and for a long time only, as far as I know, commissioner podcast um, is still commission impossible with Scott Fish and Ryan McDowell. And they talk all the time about how it's evergreen. It's bingeable. You know, you can go back and listen to the entire you know, every single episode of commission impossible at any point in the year, and then take that and go set up your league based on what you heard on that podcast. And, and, you know, I think that that's, that's, you know, whether we strive for that or not, I think that's what we're going to end up doing as well. Um, is, you know, just, just give you kind of a library of, you know, commissioner topics, commissioner you know thoughts and philosophies and stuff we're you know we're gonna just have this you know just kind of this database of uh, of thoughts that you can reference any time and so you know we don't we don't want to necessarily you know we don't we don't want to limit ourselves to talking about things that people are dealing with here in early january you know, right after the season ended. Um, but at the same time, you know, I think that uh, it's, it is a good place to start uh, is kind of, you know, we, we've, we still have, we're talking kind of nuts and bolts on how to, you know, how to build a league, how to commission a league. Um, been doing that with Russ Fisher. We did one episode a couple weeks ago. We've got another one coming out uh, just here in just a couple days um, from this recording. So, you know, we're going to have plenty of that stuff. We're going to, we're going to have plenty of like, you know, start from scratch and put together your league. Um, and you know, everything that you'll run into along the way, of course. Uh, but you know, I think that this can also be for those leagues that are already established, we can be kind of talking about how to improve it. Um, you know, how to make corrections to it. And, you know, and, and I think that we can really kind of start with, I think, it, I, I, you know, I think that it, that it's fair to start with, you know, kind of where people are at right now as we're recording this, as we're talking about this. And that brings me to the second chance. Um, I, you know, I think that that's a big part of what people are looking at right now. It, you know, it's, first of all, it's, Hopefully you've got your payouts done. I, I haven't <laughs> totally. <laughs> I'm close. I'm close. I'm kind of, and, and I, I mean, it, it was, this was a, this was a different year and, uh, you know, co-commissioning with James, the brain, um, may my dear friend rest in peace, uh, made things a little difficult <laughs> like when yeah. when we each had a hand on the on the purse strings you know um there's been some transition there but anyways you know that's that's very very anecdotal um 
you know, so, but hopefully you've, you know, you've made all your payouts and you're kind of on to, you know, the next season. Um, I think that there's a few different things that we could talk about. Um, we've talked previously about trade deadlines for uh, like in season. I think that's something that we could kind of consider now that we're past the season. Like, what do you do with with roster management right now? Uh, you know, I think that a lot of people, a lot of commissioners, the big thing is, are is everyone coming back? Yeah. <laughs> if so, pay your buy in. You know, like especially this year. Especially yeah. this year. Yeah, we're we're seeing a lot of people drop off already. I think um, most of my leagues have uh, have have lost some, sometimes even long term GMs. So you know that's that's a big thing. And then and so you know you're replacing GMs with new GMs. Um, you know, filling orphans, and that. To me, at least, like that's the that's what really kind of creates the opportunity to do a second chance. Um, I, I I wonder where you stand on this though. Like, do you do a second? Ch- do you offer a second chance dispersal? And and I mean, go ahead and give just like kind of a rundown of what a second chance is. But like, I'm also just curious. Uh, I, I mean, do you offer a second chance regardless, or does it only come with you know the, uh, like a dispersal draft? Um, is already happening. So let's throw in a second chance as well. Yeah. So to, to start off with like how I set up my second chance dispersals, and this is actually like written out very specifically in my bylaws. I like to have very specific bylaws. I think that's really helpful. So it's teams, at least two or more teams, this is for a 12 team league need to want to be part of the dispersal. And what I do right off the bat, like let's say a team leaves that team is going to go ahead. I'm going to say, Hey, this team is going to be in the second chance dispersal. If one other team wants to join it. Mm-hmm. And then that means no matter what, even if someone's like, Hey, I want to join the league and they, they go join. I'm saying, Hey, this team isn't yours yet because I'm going to give everybody else in the league a chance that, Hey, if they like, Hey, that team's stacked and I'm not that great. And I want to join, then they mm-hmm. can go ahead and join that chicken, that second chance dispersal. And then the orphan team can art like draft a new team also, which a lot of people I've heard people talk about on multiple podcasts. They get an orphan. I've done this plenty of times and you get it and you're like, well, I want to blow it up. I want it to make it mine. And so then you blow it up. And that's sort of the same idea behind if you have two or three teams and a second chance dispersal, you can blow it up, make it how you want. And uh, you'll find, you'll find different bargains and you'll pay up for certain players like any normal startup draft. And also for like the chicken second chance dispersal, that includes like these 2021 rookie picks as well. So it's not just players, it's 2020 rookie picks. And let's say that a team traded away a 2022 rookie pick. Uh, I would say probably, yeah, first, second, or third. Then 2022 rookie picks are going to get thrown in there as well. Like we're not going to give teams advantages based on the rookie picks they've traded or not traded. That's sort of how I look at these second chance dispersals. And to decide like draft order, 100-yard dash is an easy way to do it. You just put them in, randomize it. You just do it. It's a website you can do for any type of – uh, just randomized orders of stuff. And one important thing though, if you're the commish and you want to join the second chance dispersal, you do not need to be the one that people tell that they're joining the second chance dispersal. You need a, another party in the league that's not joining the second chance dispersal. So you're not given an extra like hand in doing it, unless you decide right off the bat that you want in. But if you're thinking about it and you're on the edge and then you see this really good team joins, and you're like, Oh, I'll join now. Well, to me, that's not quite fair. Cause you had an extra advantage. 
So I think if you're looking Mitch and you're like, Hey, I don't want to be in this second chance dispersal. And I, anybody that wants it, reach out to me. And then if you do want to be in it, be like, Hey, so-and-so said they do not want to be in it. Talk to them. And then once everybody lets them know, then they're going to tell everybody who's in it type of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, Like in my league, I recently sent a message out that, Hey, I think everybody likes their team, but if you want to join message me and if two teams say it, then we'll have it. If only one team does it, then it's not going to happen. And that's just an easy way I like to do it. And I will say one thing with, if you're on a sleeper league, this is a pain in the butt. You do have to use like Google sheets or something like that to do it. Uh, NFL, this is where NFL is way more superior than sleeper in that you can actually run a second chance dispersal draft on the NFL site. Like it's something that's very nice that way. Uh, I still do prefer sleeper and we may get into a little talk about sleeper versus NFL. I found that NFL to me is a little bit harder to manage and I get confused very easily on where to find things versus with sleeper. It's a lot easier to change stuff around. It has enough of what I need, but if you're wanting to make a weird league, like this one copy 32 team league would have been a lot better on NFL than sleeper because we did a seven team per uh, conference draft or playoff. So I had to do it on Google sheets. Like I couldn't do that on, on a sleeper at all. So there's certain aspects of like, if you're doing a normal 12 team league and you don't want to make it anything crazy, I think sleeper is nice and easy, but if you want to get specialized with it or, you know, want to make it to where maybe you you go to, you know, you talk to someone like John who's practical MFL and you actually figure out how to work it. That's something I just, uh, it, it just drove me too crazy personally. (laughs) <laughs> man you just kind of ran through here i so both times that i've asked you for kind of an in-depth answer you just like ran through the room opening pandora's boxes just all over the place. <laughs> there's like a million things that we could talk about off of that um it, i mean in a big one like like i said I, like this is actually like a pandora's box that i think that we're gonna have to get to at some point it probably it's not gonna be in this episode but co-commissioning like um that's 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 a concept that uh that could definitely get some airtime uh here in the commissioner's office at some point um but you know just just for the fact that it allows the commissioner you know you as the commissioner to be able to you know to get the full effect of the league as a gm as well without you know you know, and, and people still feel comfortable with that. You know, you, the fact that you can enter that second chance draft, you can enter, um, you know, you can, you can make trades <laughs> without, yes. you know, uh, like you can make even sometimes some kind of bad trades. Like that's, that's sometimes that's one of the things that we give up as the commissioner is the ability to take advantage of, <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Know, it's true. Some trades like you can't really do it because then everybody calls you out and say you made a bad trade, but you don't allow vetoes because vetoes are stupid. But now we need vetoes. John, I just had a really interesting point that uh, I forgot about until just now with you mentioning vetoes and such. So on, yeah. I'm trying to find it right now, and I'm having a very hard time in my bylaws. But with um. Here we go. So this was on the commission pod actually. And they talked about how you can do a certain way with making it to where it's still like no veto, but then let's say someone makes a trade that you look at it and you're like, dude, it was like, <laughs> let's say it was like Christian McCaffrey and the other person got um, Dwayne Haskins, you know, like you look at that and you're mm-hmm. like, there's no freaking way. And so obviously you look at potential collusion, but another way that they talk about it, and this is actually in my boss is that, 
if more than three owners protest a trade, and that means they have to directly reach out to the commission. It's not the commission saying, hey, what do y'all think about this trade? Is it bad? No, they have to reach out to the commission. And then I'm using Dynasty League Football's trade calculator because I think it, it evens it out pretty pretty well And that if one that side gets 2.5x the value of the other side, then the trade's put up to a vote and then it's majority rule, which if you actually look at it, 2.5x is actually pretty dang hard to get more on one side than the other. Yeah. So uh, it, it's a nice balance if people are worried about uneven trades because I, there was one trade that I was looking at that I was like, this is an awful trade. It was, uh, what was it? It was like Matt Ryan for someone, like some running back that I was like, this isn't even worth it. Like it was like not a good trade, but then you look at it related to the 2.5x rule, it would have <laughs> not even been able to be vetoed at all. So yeah. it's it's a very good safety net if people are nervous about this idea of like people um, trying to take advantage too much of people. But at the same time, you have to actually have three owners protest it, which or three managers protest it, which that's rare as well for people to actually pay attention at least to trades all the time and protest it. Yeah. You know, like you'd be surprised. There's some trades I saw in, in my newest league that I was like, ooh, like what's going on over there? But hey, if no one has any problems with it, I'm not going to step in or anything like that's fine. Yeah. But that's yeah. interesting. Role you could add to leagues. Yeah. I, I, I like it. And it definitely does, you know, it gives you a little bit of, of protection and, and, you know, still gives, still gives the other GMs recourse. I mean, it's like, it's still not perfect. And, and I, I mean, I think yes. that they even, you know, they, they talked about that, but like, you know, one of a, a, a couple of the flaws that immediately just come to mind for me. Number one is in season. A lot of times you're kind of making a trade, um, you know, maybe even at the last minute and you don't have time to put it through that full process. And I, I mean, the, like the easy argument here is, all right, we'll make a better trade. And then, you know, it doesn't have to go through that, that process. But, you know, if, if I'm offered, Christian McCaffrey for Dwayne Haskins and you know it's Thursday morning um Christian McCaffrey's gonna play on Thursday night and I want him in my lineup uh, you know I it certainly I can you know it like I I should build up my side of that trade a little bit but I also you know I I also don't you know, I, I, I don't want it to have to go through this, <laughs> this, yeah. this, you know, this process of scrutiny before I can make <laughs> that trade, especially if it's, you know, if it could conceivably screw up my entire week. Um, you know, like I, I miss out on Christian McCaffrey and then, but then we find out that, you know, the value is fine and the trade goes through, but now I don't get McCaffrey for that week. And now I also don't get whatever else I was giving up. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I think in that instance, I'd just be like the trade would go through and the player would mm -hmm. play. And then the next week the trade would be overturned, which and that gets tricky because then you're arguing like, okay, well then what's happening with that, this and that. Yeah. And, and honestly, most of these like rules, like you could talk about potential points versus record and this and that for deciding the the rookie pick order, you know, stuff like that. It's nothing is perfect. It's just what how I look at it is what decreases the number of problems the most. That's mm -hmm. how I sort of look at this stuff. And with yeah. this, it's a nice, easy way to, to protect the league a little bit from crazy egregious trades. That yeah. is almost like I don't expect this to happen once, to be honest. 
I just thought it was a really cool rule to throw in my league. But I yeah. don't expect it to be used once because, first of all, a lot of these people are, you know, new to Dynasty. They're not quite as gung-ho as someone like me or you are. And they just sort of see a trade and they're like, eh, whatever, close enough. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right, right. Yeah. And that's the thing, like, you know, because because with those crazy trades, with something that's off by that much, you know, McCaffrey for Haskins, anything that's like two and a half times value, you know, I it, it could really just be as simple as the commissioner says, all right, like, why did you make that trade? You know, like to the, to the team that gave up McCaffrey, why did you make that trade? And if it's, you know, if they've got a good reason for it, like, you know, I, I, I've got it on good authority that Christian McCaffrey is going to retire after, you know, like during this off season <laughs> and <laughs> I'm like, yeah. he's going to have zero value. Okay, fine. You know, if, if you actually believe that, like if that's something you're willing to gamble on, fine. You paid your buy-in. <laughs> this is your roster to fuck it up as much as you want. Go for it. <laughs> I, I do love but, that whole asking people, you know, like, what are they, yeah. why, why'd you do what, this? What, what were you thinking? Because <laughs> that's what I did with the trade for the Matt Ryan. I was like, dude, why'd you do it? And he straight up was just like, you know, he's burned me a couple of times and I'm just done with him. And I was like, you know what? That's fine. That's like, fair. that's cool. Like, whatever. I don't yeah, care. <laughs> I think that's fair. Yeah. But, you know, and, and, but if they're not able to give you a, a satisfactory response, then you just overturn it. Like it's that easy. You know, it doesn't have to be chasing down people and getting their, their vote, getting their opinion on it. You know, you don't, you don't have to go through this, this big long process of, of, you know, do we, do we fix it? Do we overturn it? What does everybody think? It can be as simple as, all right, you don't have a, a reason to make that trade. You've demonstrated that you have, you know, you, you like, you can't even make up a reason that you made that trade. So I'm just going to overturn it. I think you that, guys can try and rework it. That's fine. But like, I'm, I'm not going to let this stand, you would know, that get into potential collusion then. Cause that yeah. gets into an even bigger box in the sense that like, I'm looking at my league rules right now. And if a team purposely colludes, they automatically lose their current first round pick or future first round pick. If the team's already traded that pick, like I'm not messing yeah. around with collusion. If teams are going to try to play around in my leagues, that's not going to happen. Like, no. Yeah. Well, rather than penalize them, I, I would just kick them out. Kick them out. That's where yeah. I lean to definitely kicking them out. Uh, I think it does depend, you know, if it's a Twitter league, that's super easy. If it's a friend's family league, little bit tougher <laughs> <laughs> that's true that's true i've got but, one of those where we've had like we've had collusion before and i mean it, honestly sometimes sometimes it's all just part of the fun oh uh, dude there was there was one time i got super super heated it was a couple <laughs> years ago some dude was just he literally got a message and uh the dude who sent the bad trade was just like yeah you know just send me whatever you you think and i'll accept it and then he did it and he accepted it, which I'm not like, okay, like you as the other manager should be like, eh, maybe I shouldn't do that. But then me and my brother, which we were both co-commissions then, like I was all over that trade. So I was like, that trade is garbage. This yeah. is awful. Like this should not be a thing. And I was like <laughs> doing the whole whipping up the votes and like getting all crazy. And, and the, fun. It, it is fun. It, it But it did like ruin the league that year in a way though, because everybody's all fired up and people were pissed <laughs> off. And I was like, dude, like, 
like like Blake Jarman was in the trade a couple years ago, and I was like, he didn't even need a tight end, dude. Like, why are you saying that that's an important part of this trade? Yeah. And it was like, there was just no way. And the dude who actually was just like, send me whatever we ended up, he ended up leaving the league, which was for the best. But yeah, it's like, if you have these type of stories, like luckily it's only happened to me once, which we may talk about a different story that's a little bit different a little bit later. But yeah. man, it's it can be a pain. And I think that's where having rules in place and just honestly sticking to the penalties and sticking to the punishment, just being like, dude, like there's a, there's a dude that previous coworker, he was literally, he's, he was above me on the totem pole of things, but he didn't set his lineup twice. And I was like, dude, if you don't do it again, you're losing your third round pick. That's right. how it's going to work. Like, I'm sorry, but that's in the rules. And I've told you, and you can't say, oh, I forgot. Like, no, that's a bad excuse. I'm sorry. Yeah. No. Yeah. It, in a, I think in, <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of surprised that we're here with this, but um, the, the truth of the matter is like in a league like that, because like I said, I've, I've got a league, it's a bunch of my my longtime friends, like going back to junior high, high school, and you know some family members even in this league. Like this isn't a league that you kick people out, you know. Yeah. But a big part of it, a big part of what makes it fun is the freaking drama. Um, <laughs> we we do we veto every trade. <laughs> it, it. It, it turns into a game of politics sometimes and on it and it is it's fun it's only a ten dollar buy-in yeah. um you know there's there's it's it's standard scoring one quarterback we still have you know dsts and kickers and we even added punters like the the league champion gets to uh to make a new rule and uh, one year, the league champion said, all right, from now on, we're also going to have punters. And, uh, you know, we've got a lot of stuff like that. Um, there's just, you know, it's it's just chaos. Um, it's, it's not really about the fantasy football so much as, you know, the trash talk around it, the relationships and everything. And so, you know, for a league like that, like, this is why I say I'm surprised that we're here, but like I'm gonna advocate for vetoes. Like it should just be, you should just be able to veto in a league like that. And that goes and, back to whatever makes fantasy football fun for you, you do. Like yeah, exactly. and for that league, it's vetoing because it is politics. And it's if you have never done it, it's where you're really whipping up the votes. Mm -hmm. It's a ton of fun when you end up get doing it because then you're like, yeah. I have all the power. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Sometimes it's more fun to win in politics than it is in fantasy football. Uh, especially like just for one week, I would way rather win the political battle than the fantasy football matchup. But for sure. yeah, I mean, you know, you've you've got to have a, a you've got to have a real hammer. Is mm -hmm. kind of what it, what what it boils down to. If it's not a league where you can kick people out, I think that you've got to have vetoes. I guess we'll we'll that's that's kind of the easy easy way to to kind of put a bow on that thought yeah. just because you know it, it, you you can't have ongoing collusion and and the problem is like i mean you you take away their draft picks and then you know that that doesn't really and like if they're willing to tear down their roster to help somebody out taking away their draft picks from them doesn't really phase them you know what I mean? So you, at that point, you just have to say, like, I, I need a, I need a real hammer here to be able to swing. And it's either, you know, kick them out of the league or it's just like, keep these trades from happening at all. So, 
you know, it, it, that's, that's my thought on it, but, um, yeah, what, what the, where the hell were we going? Uh, <laughs> I know I was kind of talking about co-commissioners because like, you know, the, the, the other members of the league, I think kind of have to feel like they've got some recourse, you know? And uh, I mean, I do think that it's important for us as commissioners to, you know, to uh, like, on one hand, it, like we, we do need to make sure that we're making good trades um, so that, you know, it doesn't feel like the deck is stacked against everybody who's not the commissioner. Um, but at the same time, I mean, we would like the opportunity to take advantage of, you know, some, some value gaps, some discrepancies. And, and I think, you know, that like that still should exist for the commissioner. I mean, we're paying the same buy-in, we're playing the same game. We just have a little bit more responsibility. So, you know, I think that we, that like those, those, that's, that's what we were talking about. Like those, those trades with that huge discrepancy. You know, I, I think that commissioners need to be very careful and make sure that you're not a part of those. But like the ones that are a little bit more, you know, it's somewhere in the margins between, you know, like a, a perfectly good trade and an egregious trade, like something somewhere in between. There needs to be a way for people to feel like, you know, they can, you know, they, they, you know, they, they can check those trades without, you know, necessarily just, you know, just, just letting somebody else just kind of lose a trade somewhat badly. And, um, and, and like I said, to me, I, you know, I think that the commissioner should be able to just overturn bad trades. Um, I, you know, I, I don't definitely don't abuse that, but, you know, I think that that needs to be the number one recourse. Um, and I, th I, I don't think, and this is just me. Like, I just don't think that there should be a big, long drawn out process to it. I think it should just be pretty simple. Like, are you, you don't know why you made that trade. So we're not letting that stand, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and I think that, you know, I, I, but I, I just think that there also needs to be at least some kind of check on the commissioner as well. Um, you know, and, and I mean, maybe you hold yourself to that standard. Maybe you have another, a second commissioner who holds you to that standard. Uh, I, and uh, like I said, I mean, <laughs> we didn't even mean to talk about that very much at all much less <laughs> for a good 15 <laughs> minutes there but it's a good conversation to have and and now's the time i mean if you're going to start a new league like kind of now's the time to think about stuff like uh, stuff like that like the ability to make a trade and then <laughs> the problem is you you really kind of go down a rabbit hole because what happens when the the commissioner makes a trade with the co-commissioner <laughs> and it doesn't look yep. great now you yeah. need a third commissioner. You need a whole committee. <laughs> I will say I it hasn't worked out well because typically I think the best way to, to have a dynasty league, not necessarily the best way, but if you do want a co-commission, having to where there's like a main commission and then there may be one or two underneath and then try to divvy up the commission duties between those three. I will say though, 
when you're the commission, mm-hmm. you write the bylaws and you're the one that knows everything and everything like that. And everybody's asking you questions. It's very tough for the other people to like take that responsibility as well. And to like be on top of it all because they didn't, they're not, they weren't there for the creation of everything, you know, like yeah. you, you sure you had some league votes here and there, but in general, if you're the commission, you're trying to start up a league, I would expect you to have, create all the crazy rules and such. Right. And uh, like the, the league that's like my home dynasty league, I'm the commission. There's two co-commissions and the original thought process was to divvy up the duties and it hasn't really happened. But then at the same time, I don't really feel the need for it to happen. And if, if like they would be the people I go to, if I wanted to join the second chance dispersal, you know, I'd be like, Hey, do either of y'all, are y'all going to not be in it? Are y'all still thinking about it? If someone says, no, I'm going to keep my team be like, okay, you're in charge of this now, you know, and that's Mm -hmm. an easy way going back to second chance dispersal. So you, yeah, after you went through and opened all those Pandora's boxes, you were, at least you went back and closed them. So we brought us back to the second chance. You're such a pro, Jacob Snakes. Um, I'm still learning. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, you you belong right here in Superflex City. There's no doubt about that. Um, Because that's how it's done. Yeah, back to the second chance. So... Uh, so let's say, I mean, let's say you only have one orphan and nobody wants to do a second chance. I mean, like the, I mean, I guess there's no real question there. I mean, that, that orphan team just, you know, you just have somebody just replaces that orphan. Um, is, is two teams enough for you to do a second chance? Uh, in 12 team leagues, it's how I set up mine. I think I, you know, I think Mm -hmm. in a perfect world, you'd say three. But for me, yeah. two is two is plenty. You know, you just go back and forth, snake style. And I mean, the teams probably won't change a ton. But then again, someone can get a player they want more than another, and vice versa. So, yeah, yeah. So, in in here's one thing that I'll submit is is just for consideration uh, for second chance. Just to and and I mean, I, I'm biased. I'll I'll start off by admitting that I'm I'm biased. Aren't we all? Yeah, we all have our preferences. There's no doubt about that. And we're really going to try and, uh, you know, try not to, you know, editorialize too much on a lot of these commissioner topics. It's more about just kind of offering up the, the, the different options. Definitely an option is to do a snake draft for, you know, for a dispersal, even if it's just, you know, two teams in a or in a in a second chance or a dispersal um for me an auction works a lot better um and and i mean it also kind of solves that problem of you know the commissioner can be involved that way in in your second chance because you know it's not about now it's no longer about um you know who ended up with the first pick and how did they get it you know um you Everybody has the same amount of money. Everybody has the same opportunity to go after every single player. Um, and I mean, that's just kind of the overall, uh, and this is definitely not something that we'll get into a whole lot in this episode. It just would take way too long, but like that's, that's one of the overall benefits of an auction in general. Um, uh, but uh, particularly for a dispersal for me, just the fact that, you know, you don't have to randomize anything. You just throw, like you said, you throw all of the assets in 
Um, all of the asset, all of the assets that are currently on those rosters. So all players, all draft picks just get thrown into the pool and every, everybody gets the same amount of money and, you know, you just run this auction and, um, you know, finish there. So, but I do have a couple kind of logistical questions for you. I'm curious how you do it. Um, when it comes to a second chance. So first of all, we know that you've got, so you've got your pool of players that was in, and you know, draft picks that were dropped off of the orphan orphan teams and the, uh, the teams entering the second chance dispersal. You also have a pool of players on waivers. Do you include those? And and this is one that I've legitimately thought a lot about and have not come up with the perfect answer. But do you include the players on waivers? Like, are they draftable in the second chance? That's a great question, and it's something that um, I don't. I have really deep leagues, so typically the waivers are pretty bare. Mm-hmm. But I will add that. I think for me, what I'm going to do is because I'm talking sleeper leagues. I'm not talking to where it's on MFL and you can really quickly throw it around. I'm going to put all the players that were on teams on a spreadsheet. Mm-hmm. And then if you want to look at who's on waivers and you're like, I want that guy. I am fine with that. Mm-hmm. I I am perfectly fine with that. I don't think that's a huge deal. Um, I, I Yeah, that's something I don't I'm fine with personally. OK. Um. And here's the next question. And honestly, this is more for an auction, but it could also work for for a draft just because I imagine that you well, all right, yeah, let's let's take a step back here and and call this question one B and uh before I before I completely uh change things around on you. So do you allow teams that are not involved in the second chance and dispersal? to trade into the dispersal draft? I don't. Okay. I think if, and that's mainly because I'm working with, if we're talking second chance dispersals, MFL is the way to go. If you want to deal with that and worry about, and do, do stuff like trading in and things. I think it's, wouldn't you agree, John, it's easy to set that up and do relatively. Yeah. Yeah, so if you can do that, then why not? You know, I think that's fine. But if you're if you're trying to do this on a sleeper league and you're trying to find so many backdoors to do it, just simplify <laughs> it for yourself. And that may be the one thing that we'll say, like, you know, sleeper, that's something I wish they could improve on. That's something right there. Uh, and then MFL has way more customizability in general. No one's going to deny that. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it's just one of those things that, for me, I'm not going to allow it to happen. But if there's an easy way that you can set it up and it's not going to be a huge headache as a commish, sure. I don't see anything wrong with that. Yeah. I mean, I, it, I think that where when I say it's easy, I think that uh, it's easy-ish. I think that it still takes, you know, some a few manual clicks from from the commissioner to, you know, to execute a trade, I believe. Oh, if that's um, the case, maybe not then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I may just be like, that's tough for me, guys. Uh, no. You can <laughs> afterwards, you can trade it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think that's kind of the bottom line with that question. Like, it's 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 easier if you just don't. Like, if you're not, if if gotcha. you if a team's not involved with the the dispersal, 
just don't let them in. Like that's the, e- regardless of the platform, that's kind of the easy way to do it. The fun way to do it is to allow, allow them to trade in. And honestly, it makes for, it kind of makes for better teams um, coming out of the dispersal. Like if you're able to trade for some assets, you know, whether it's a player or a pick, trade your dispersal draft pick or some dispersal auction money, you know, for a, for a, for a player, or a pick, like you can, you can make a trade like that. You can actually end up with, you know, you, you, it, it opens up the rest of the player universe, not just what's available there in the dispersal. So, um, but I assume that you probably allow trading among the teams that are involved in the dispersal, right? Is that that's that's one thing that's tough in the sense that, <laughs> like, with how I have it currently set up, mm-hmm. it's going to be probably impossible to try to formulate those trades. I think it's one of those things that it's probably me just being a lazy-ish person <laughs> and not wanting to work too hard. But Sometimes that's honestly, fair, by the way. It's, it's a thought that I haven't, I really haven't thought about in the sense that teams should be able to trade within the dispersal. Like why not? Especially if it's three teams, like that makes sense to me. So something I need to think about a little bit harder related to, you know, trading of rookie picks and trading of actual picks. And, you know, like honestly all it is is they reach out, they say, Hey, this is the trade that we're going to do. Cause it's just going to be picks, you know, that's all they're going to be able to trade. They don't have any other assets. Mm-hmm. And then you just, you know, you have like their color tile on whatever you're using and you just do it. Like, why not? Yeah. 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 I'm going to allow trades for anybody listening that's in my leagues. If you were doing a second chance, you can trade and I will do all the grunt work. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. I mean, I do. I think it's fair not to. I I wasn't trying to put you on the spot or anything. Well, I think it's, it's a good, it's like, I would be so pissed off in a startup if I couldn't trade. And if I'm taking over an orphan and your argument for me taking over this orphan and I have to do a dispersal draft just so I can get a new team. Why can't mm-hmm. I trade those picks too? That's how I'm looking at it. If I was added into the league, I'd want to be able to do trades. Yeah. So. Yeah, possibly. I mean, you can also just kind of fire through the dispersal and then they can trade whatever the hell they want. You know, that's like, true. And They can make yeah. the exact same trade after the dispersal that they would have made during the dispersal. But, you know, either way, like I think I don't think there's a right answer with that basically i i really don't i don't think that it's that it's cut and dry i mean i like i'm always i'm always for as much activity as you can create and as much engagement as you can create especially like during the off season when people uh, so many people just want to check out i mean if you let them be involved in the second chance dispersal without actually dumping their entire roster I mean, I think that's a good thing, but I, I also think that the, the ROI is pretty marginal. So, you know, I, like I said, I don't think there's a right answer more than anything. I, it kind of creates a little bit of context since there is a disconnect for us between, you know, the snake draft and the auction. Um, because in the auction, in theory, I mean, you start off with, you know, call it a hundred dollar budget and you know, you, you can, with that hundred dollar budget, you can buy 10 players. You can buy, you know, all 28 players, whatever your league size is, you know, at least in theory, you should be able to do that. Um, whereas in the draft, I mean, you're just given, you know, again, call it a 28 
uh, 28 roster space, or a 28 spot roster. Jeez. Yeah. What the hell? <laughs> we'll, we'll call it that for argument's sake. So you you get 28 picks, you know. So I mean, you're coming out of it with a full roster. You have to. Um, but if you allow trading, you don't necessarily have to, you know, make every single pick. Yep. You could still come out of it potentially. Like you could trade away several dispersal picks uh, for you know for one asset. You could trade out of the dispersal, like trade your, you know, your fifth and sixth round picks in the dispersal, which are still pretty good players, um, for for one stud uh, from somebody who's not in the dispersal. So, like, I'm really just kind of trying to create the same environment that we have in in auctions. I'm trying to create that in the draft, yeah, so that I can get to this next question, which is should dispersal uh, should teams involved in the dispersal be required to fill their roster in the dispersal? No. You don't think I, so? No, like you can pick guys off waivers. If anything, it just makes your team not as deep. You don't have as much depth. Yeah. I don't I, I'm not really big on on that. I think you should have a starting roster. Like you should at least have the players, the positions to fill a starting roster. Like if it's start 10, you should have 10 players. You should have, you know, if it's a one quarterback, two running back, three wide receiver, one tight end, two flexes, one super flex, you should be able to fill all that. Mm-hmm. Other than that though, do what you want. I don't, I don't, I could care less. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, so, in, so if that's the case, I, I, I swear I'm not trying to trap you. Like it's going to sound like it and I'm not okay. trying to do like, I'm, I'm honestly just kind of talking through this. My brain is ready, John. I'm nice. Ready. Let's see. Let's see what happens here. All right. So if that's the case, you, so you've got, let's say you've got three teams in a dispersal and you've allowed them to trade out so that to a point where, I mean, they're going to come out of this thing with 15 players when their roster is 28 spots deep. Mm-hmm. They're all going to come out of it with 15 players. That means a lot of those draft picks, those, you know, the 2021 later draft picks, the third round, fourth round, those are not going to get drafted. 22, 2022 picks, you know, beyond the first round, probably not going to get drafted. You know, I, are I you don't, talking auction here or snake? Uh, either one. Um, I mean, I think thinking snake, you would still have all the picks within the actual draft. Like you wouldn't lose picks unless if you like, even if you're able to trade them out, you wouldn't lose the picks per se. Now auction though. That's a great question. Cause I know where you're going with this and I'll let yeah. you continue, but that's very interesting thought. Yeah. Well then, yeah, we can, we can use auction I, because it is a lot easier to get here in yeah. an auction. Yeah. Again, you know, you spend your entire budget on 15 players because you're not required to fill your roster. Those those 15 players are going to be, you know, the the elite of the elite and they're going to be the early draft picks. They're not going to be, you know, fourth they're certainly not going to be fourth rounders in 2021. If you, you know, you you you're not going to spend any amount of money on auction money on a 2021 late fourth round pick you know so those those picks that don't get drafted don't get uh that aren't won at auction 
what happens to those? Yeah, that's there's a couple of different ideas I have there in that what you could do is you could do a fab bid for them with every team involved. People mm-hmm. could do fab bids and then you would lose that fab for the remainder of the season. So hopefully you're not spending too much on third or fourth round picks. And then honestly, if there was like one 2022 third and one 2022 fourth or whatever still out there, I would see what everybody felt, but roll it over into whoever wins, wins the consolation bracket next year gets those picks, you know, like why not? Yeah. And, and just do something like that. Um, it's, it's definitely interesting because you, it's something you don't really think about if you're doing an auction, you're like, Oh, everything will get picked. Right. People will spend a dollar on them. It's like, it nope. could <laughs> definitely happen. And so only yeah, if you make them, you that's know? true. Yeah. 2021 so, picks, I'd say, yeah, like a fab auction or, um, Something like that could be an easy way of going about it. It's it's a little bit of a pain because then what are you going to do? Be like, everybody send me an email at this time with your bids and I'll send my own email as well. Like It's going to be a little bit of a pain, but you can do it still. Uh, and then, and then yeah, 2022 picks, roll it over the next year. Constellation bracket. Hopefully it's not a team that sucks because it is. Then that team gets some eh, – those picks don't hit anyways. But, you know, 3.01, 4.01, they're still decent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 What I end up doing in the the vampire league and I like, this is why I bring it up because I'm not totally sure if this is the right thing to do or not, but basically if, if a draft pick doesn't get drafted, it just ceases to exist. Essentially. I think that's a fine way to do it too. Honestly. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, especially if you're, if you're going to allow, you know, players that are on waivers to be draftable in the, in the, um, in the dispersal, then, you know, those draft picks are for sure going to go away. But I mean, I don't know that anybody should necessarily have any kind of access to those picks. The other problem from, and this is just for me. Um, I, I don't know about you, but like, I don't have waiver runs, you know, in during the off season. So even if they did go to waivers, I mean, they they wouldn't. Nobody would be able to pick up those draft picks, those rookie draft picks, until after the rookie draft. Anyways, that's when waiver runs actually start in my leagues. Gotcha. So, and and by then, I mean, you know, they wouldn't exist anyways. They would have turned into players. So, you know, it. <laughs> It may be the easiest way is like you're saying, just let the draft picks die off, especially if you already yeah. do waverly waiver wire and then let that first waiver wire, you know, be like an auction draft, honestly, with those couple of players that maybe people like a little bit, even though they're going to be fourth round players. So you never really know, but mm-hmm. there's always those couple of players that come out of nowhere, like the, like Preston Williams, you know, last year, or like we can talk about tight ends for days and how it seems like every year there's at least one or two of them that pop out of nowhere and are very, very fantasy relevant. Uh, So yeah, I, I think I'm switching. I used to be like, you know, ah, waiver runs like all the way through, like whatnot. But honestly, it's sort of nice. I had a vote in my home dynasty league and I was like, yeah, I want to just like not do waivers until the, after the Super Bowl, And then we'll just do it once a week after that. They're like, yeah, that sounds great. I was like, okay, cool. Yeah. like once a week waivers I'm fine with, but then again, if you just want to do no waivers and keep those players that are in the waiver pool and let them be draftable in the rookie draft, that's fine too. There's no raw or there's no right way to do it. So, yeah. Well, so I'm going to, I'm going to tease another future episode here because we certainly don't have time, uh, enough time to, to fully get into this one. 
Um, but, uh, an idea that I was kicking around and, and again, you know, shout out to, to Scott fish and Ryan McDowell on the commission impossible podcast. Um, you know, in this, this past off season, uh, going into, you know, into the COVID year, um, there was a lot of talk about, you know, what, like some of the impacts that COVID, uh, could, could cause, and Scott was talking a lot about, um, you know, the, the one of one of many talking points that um, that he kind of had. One of many angles to kind of consider was the possibility that the college football season gets shut down, and so some of these players, Travis Etienne, is a great example of a player who went back to school even though he was draft eligible. But if this if the college football season had been canceled. Travis Etienne could have then de- declared for the NFL's supplemental draft. And what the hell do you do there? <laughs> like, do you just allow Travis Etienne to end up on waivers and, you know, just allow a free for all, um, it, you know, in a, in a waiver run where somebody's going to have to go all in, but they're going to get Travis Etienne, you know, um, who at the time we thought was going to be the number one running back in this this 2021 class he was going to be you know a, a, a potentially you know at the very top of of super flex rookie drafts um you know after maybe a, a quarterback or two like it it, yeah. it, it would have been a big deal if you so, just, if travis etienne just kind of randomly became available yeah i actually and, did a write-up for my my league that was starting up because you know that was a concern and then luckily scott and ryan they were able to look at it and be like okay this is not going to be a problem we're good right. thankfully but yeah. my thought process was doing a blind bidding using 2021 draft picks and then having and this may have been from the commission pod episode actually i don't want to steal anybody's idea but it was where like hey you send a scheduled email i think it was yeah, schedule the email to I said to my email and you say which which rookie pick that you would use on these players. Mm-hmm. And so then if someone said, you know, I have Travis Etienne, I'm gonna use a 2021 first and a 2021 second for him right now. And you're like, okay, cool. And then what ends up happening is those picks die. They go away, sort of like what you were saying before with the picks that weren't picked up. They just are non-existent because they were already used. Yeah. So that was that was my thought process to solve it, but luckily. Yeah. Luckily it wasn't a problem. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Luckily it didn't come up, but I mean, so, uh, and I, I, I think if I remember right, that idea is, is fairly unique to you. I mean, I, I know that other people, uh, John Bosch in particular get really gets into blind bidding. Um, yes. so I'm sure that he, he, you know, thought about the same thing, if not verbalized it. So, I guarantee you but, I saw someone on Twitter. I don't <laughs> but a lot of what Scott was talking about was a supplemental draft for, for our dynasty leagues to go along with the supplemental draft of the NFL and kind of mentioned, you know, Josh Gordon is a great example of that, how, you know, there were, like Josh Gordon entered the the NFL supplemental draft and ended up being, you know, kind of a, a, a pretty huge get. Um, and it, it was, it just ended up being kind of a free for all on waivers for Josh Gordon. So, you know, kind of what I came up with from there is, I mean, maybe like instead of starting waiver runs, you know, late in the off season, um, you know, 
in the in the late summer, maybe we do another we do a supplemental draft first, so that you don't have to use your fab, uh, you know, to pick up these players. You can save that for the season and you know just kind of run waivers as normal. But the what we would do with a supplemental draft is, uh, you know, and, and again, this is this is just kind of. This, you know, forget forget the Travis Etienne stuff. Like that's just kind of the impetus for all of this. But um, maybe we have a supplemental draft just kind of anyways. You know, we just always have that. And basically, what you would do is, you know, in your rookie draft, you've got your rookie draft picks. You run your rookie draft. You can either draft a rookie player, or you can draft a supplemental pick. So like. You can draft supplemental pick 1.01 if, you know, if you like that, that pick better than the players available. And they're probably going to go in like the, you know, late second, early third round is where those are going to start coming off. But then, and then you run the supplemental draft in, you know, August, like mid, late August, something like that. And whoever has supplemental pick 1.01 would get, you know, somebody like, like Philip Lindsay is a great example of kind of a, a training camp darling that kind of came out of nowhere and ended up being a pretty big deal on waivers. Rob Gronkowski this past year coming out of retirement, you know, late in the late in the year, Cam Newton, Darren Waller. Yeah. Tanyan, Logan Thomas. Yeah. Yeah. These, these guys that you would have went after on waivers, you know, before the season started now Jay instead. Robinson. Oh, sorry. Just got to yeah. mention that name. <laughs> Who was it? James Robinson, man. That oh, would have yeah. been a huge one. Oh, that would, that would have been a great one. And that's where, yeah, supp the supplemental draft would have been huge. It would have been a huge part of, you know, a huge way to kick off your season because James Robinson, I mean, you had a, a, not quite a league winner <laughs> um, because he didn't end up playing the last couple weeks of the season. But I mean, it was, it, it, he, he definitely got you there. He got you close and you could have got that for basically a third round pick in a rookie draft. Um, but you would have had more information, you know, when you made the, the pick in the supplemental draft. So just I kind of an idea. Yeah, I never thought about the idea of drafting supplemental picks when I've heard about the idea of supplemental drafts. I've mm -hmm. always thought that it was the idea like you do like a three-round draft after rookies, and then you do another three-round draft at the end of August, say, so you get through preseason, this and that. And then, you know, they're, they're the same order or maybe even reverse order if you want to, quote, work on – probably not even reverse order because the teams that did win it all, you know, shouldn't get any – maybe snake it. Maybe that's the way to make it a little bit more fair per se. But mm -hmm. yeah, I like the idea of actually drafting those picks because it, it honestly goes back to the idea of doing a startup, say, before, like, let's say, honestly, I like having rookies out and in startups more than the idea of, of drafting rookie picks, but it's the same idea though. You know, you draft the rookie pick in the startup and then you're able to, to use that pick later on. And yeah. so, yeah, I honestly like that because that honestly, that 1.01 supplemental pick should be pretty valuable. If I'm thinking about players that I've just, I just know year after year have just popped out of nowhere and have ended up being productive. That like 1.01, 1.04 range is a pretty much like a lot of good players. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. Well. 
And I, you know, I don't think that the entire supplemental draft is going to actually get drafted in the rookie draft. Like, I think that probably, you know, five to 10 supplemental picks. Yeah. 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 yeah, Maybe a full round. And that would kind of be the, the max, I think, um, which is fine. But I, I just think that, you know, like the supplemental draft wouldn't be a huge deal or anything, but I think that it's, it's a, you know, at least the first few picks, it's, it's worth, it's a little too valuable to just randomly give, you know, whoever just got Trevor Lawrence with the, the one-on-one, they also get the first bite at the apple in the supplemental draft. I think that it's, it's, a, little that it's a, a little more valuable than that. You know, I, I agree because I'd say, I mean, I'm just thinking of last year, probably my top waiver ads before the season started were like Jane or I mean, I missed out on the James Robinson sweepstake. But, you know, if you knew, you know, going into the first week of the season, you drafted it right before James Robinson, who probably wouldn't be drafted if it was only three rounds. Uh, I was loving Logan Thomas. We could get him with your last pick, most likely, even though he looked like he'd be the starter. Robert Tanya was someone trying to think of some other names there's a couple of wide receivers here and there that looked promising but there's probably like i think we could all think of at least eight players that we wanted in august that if you put it into a draft that'd be really exciting actually like that'd Mm -hmm. be pretty dang exciting and you'd want to trade in and get that 1.01 so you could get james robinson just in case yeah exactly just in case yeah so all of a sudden that you know that that supplemental pick just gains a ton of value and, and all of a sudden, you know, it's kind of worth a lot more than what you gave up to get it. And, you know, there's, it creates activity in your league. It gives you another draft, even though it's a short one. Um, You know, there's, there's, and, and and again, it saves your fab for in season that honestly, to me, that might be my favorite part. I don't, I don't love the fact that we're going into the season, you know, with a, a big bite out of our, out of our fab sometimes um, because of these waiver runs that started in, in, you know, July. Um, And, you know, again, guys like James Robinson, guys like, you know, when Rob Gronkowski came out of retirement and he was on waivers, you know, people had to put in a significant amount of fab to get him. Uh, And, you know, it, it just, I, I don't know. I, I, I just, I, I don't love that. I don't like handholding either. I don't like, like guiding people away from spending all their fab. Like strategically, it's great for me when, you know, there's less money in the, the, in the league's economy when the season starts. Um, but you know, just from a, from a commissioner standpoint, it's, it's just kind of not great to, have people be, you know, that crippled already <laughs> in terms of their fab uh, before the season even starts. Another yeah. idea is do like off season fab and then reset it for in the season. If you, you know, wanted to. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I've got leagues that do, that do that and, and it works pretty well. So, yeah. I mean, you know, if you don't want to go the supplemental route, um, you know, it, it is more work to set it up and, you know, the payoff is, I don't know, questionable. <laughs> so you could definitely you get that 1.01 through 1.03. And then you're living large as the commission. Cause you traded for those picks, you know, like, yep. Yeah, exactly. Forget the people that hit year after year. Yeah. Yeah. I just like, uh, 
like I said, I mean, my favorite part is that, that we're saving fab for in season, but yeah. you know, my second favorite part is just so we're creating another event on the league calendar. You know, that's, it, that's, that's ultimately kind of what it's about for me. Um, man, <laughs> we, we blew through an hour more than an hour already. Uh, we had a ton of things we wanted to get to that we didn't even come close to even mentioning. Um, I, I, I don't know. I'm trying to decide, man. Like, do we, I know that you've got some stuff that you wanted to talk about just from kind of your own, uh, some of your own experiences in some leagues. Um, is it, is it something that we do now or do we just wait until you're back here again later in the off season? And, and let's, uh, let's keep the people waiting on the story. Nice. See <laughs> such a pro you, you got the, got the teaser in there, got the cliffhanger in there. It may uh, or may not be a bad commish story. It is. Man. It is a bad commish story. So. I think that we can, I, I'm not as I'm not the seasoned pro at this that you are, but I think that I think that that's how we get them looking forward to the next appearance by the Snake Man is uh, is to let them know like there's a bad commish story that we want to talk about. There's league drama that we're that we want to talk about. Everybody loves drama. Everybody, Everybody does. Even if you say I want less drama in my life, if you have no drama, life's be pretty boring. Drama is fun. I yeah. will say you have to not get so worked up about it. And I've, <laughs> when I first got on the face football Twitter and I was debating with people, this and that, like, no, nah, that's not as fun. I fought with a little bickering back and forth about a certain player. Like, like I'm fine talking about how we hype up Jonathan Taylor, but forget David Montgomery, but I'm not going to start yelling at people and saying they're dumb, but right. drama's fun. it's fun. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't necessarily like having my own drama. Um, but I like other people's drama. Anytime I can sit back and with a with a tub of popcorn and watch two people go at it, like that that Schadenfreude, a part of a part of my brain just gets triggered, and I'm just like, I'm here for it. So yeah, like you must love out. Twitter, John. You must love Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Again, if I'm not involved with it, it's uh, I'll uh, I'll gladly sit back and. Uh, let you guys entertain me, but um, yeah, I don't, I don't like being involved in my own. But yeah, so so we'll save that one for next time. Um, we'll have you back, uh, you know, throughout the off season to talk more commissioner stuff. Um, man, some good stuff came up out of this, and and again, I mean, this is th- these were things that we hadn't even planned on. So um, you know, that's uh, that's what's so great about bringing on the various members of Superflex city. They all have unique experiences that we can kind of talk about and, and rely on a little bit. No different with you, Jake, the snake. Um, so it's Jacob vines at J snake underscore DFF. You can catch him on, I mean, on the Superflex city feed all over the place, including snake in the draft the podcast now part of, of Superflex City. Yep. Dynasty Nerds. I have some articles on there. Um, if you want to chat on Twitter, let's chat. If you want a template for bylaws, reach out to probably John or I. I know I'm fine sending my template out to people. And 
Uh, it's a lot of words. It's actually, uh, how many pages <laughs> is it? It's 20 pages, everybody. So it's a lot of words, but oh my god, I like to be thorough. I'm going to clean it up, though. There's a lot of words that don't need to be there right now. So a lot of COVID stuff that I need to erase. It's better Hopefully. to be thorough than otherwise. So yeah, go to go to Jacob. I mean, mine, <laughs> mine, mine isn't even a bylaws. Like it says, league overview on it because that's what it is. Uh, awesome. I've, I think it's three pages, and one of them is FAQs. <laughs> like it, it is not. It is far from complete. So yeah, um, get it, get it from Jacob. Get it from Scott Fish. I mean, I'm happy to share mine. I'm happy to to show you what I do, but uh, it's uh, it's nowhere near complete. <laughs> so it's definitely not thorough. But all right, snakes, fun talking with you. Uh, let's let's adjourn this meeting of the Superflex City Commissioners. <laughs> <laughs>